Hey there, welcome to episode 50 of the Let's Innovate for Vegas audio program. I am your host, Managing Director of the Innovate for Vegas Foundation, Dan Hugo. I am recording this during the daytime hours of February 2nd, 2024. It's a happy Friday. I will publish the show later today, sometime today, actually not too much later. Our usual Friday goal met once again. Today... We're going to talk about office hours and hackathons and labs. None of these are particularly new topics. Uh, we have office hours each week. That's relatively new since November of 2023. We started doing that to revisit a thing we were, a thing we were doing uh, when we first started. We called it the community panel. We were going to try to have members of the community uh, show up, participate in person if possible, during the first hour or two of our monthly hackathon meetup, which we are holding in the International Innovation Center in downtown Las Vegas. That did not go well. We essentially had zero participation, so that got tabled pretty quickly. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention the links in our show notes, which are pretty simple. I'm not really referring to anything uh, too specific at this time. Our homepage, innovateforvegas.org, or our website. That is our business website. That is to say, we are a nonprofit corporation in the state of Nevada. We are a 501c3 public charity with the IRS. Who doesn't love the IRS? We are, in fact, uh, renaming. I've been talking about this for quite a while. I just want to be totally transparent. Uh, so our letter to the IRS concerning our name change was submitted. It's, um, I spoke to them on the phone they said, plan on it taking the maximum amount of time. <laughs> so, uh, but we are, we renamed our Code for Vegas Foundation to Innovate for Vegas Foundation in the state of Nevada uh, in, I want to say October of 2023. So that's, that part's done. The determination with the IRS was already done. So the name change is uh, quite literally one word. And um, it's been a matter of navigating instructions and addresses where to mail things and etc etc all volunteer means you do things when you can anyway so our name change will be final final with the irs any day now and then we can update our various uh tools and properties like uh on the off chance that you wanted to donate to our 501c3 a tax deductible donation you could do so at our website it will there's a button. It will take you to our donate page, which is presently hosted on Stripe, but our Stripe account is for Code for Vegas. So it's something to be aware of that will all settle out. We do want to be completely transparent to any potential donors and supporters where we are in our, uh, in our filings and status and so on. All above board, all in good standing as usual. So there you go. And then our GitHub organization is where our projects are hosted. We also have a sponsor button there. If you'd like to sponsor our organization through GitHub, they actually send any monies received to Stripe. And we are also Code for Vegas technically with GitHub. So there again, another checkbox on my to-do list. So on with the show. We used to have monthly hackathons monthly hackathon meetups, really. Anyone who's ever been to a hackathon 
probably immediately thinks uh, you got to have a laptop and a bunch of Red Bull and pizza and a bunch of your friends and you got to stay awake for 48 hours and you're going to write a mobile app that doesn't do much. Ta-da. <laughs> and that is not wrong. I have been to many hackathons in my travels. Uh, when I was working for the Intel Corporation in the Maker Innovator Group, I uh, one of my many responsibilities was to be the person from Intel who attended hackathons for, for Intel and to help people with the Intel Edison was the most common uh, contribution to the cause from Intel. So I would go to an event, there would be a hundred Edison kits, hand them out, and then the inevitable series of questions and needs for uh, some sort of direction how to make the thing work. Anyway, not quite as easy as an Arduino, but but Arduino compatible. That is one kind of hackathon. Uh, I've, I've covered this before in previous episodes, but a hackathon can be just about anything where you have a focused, concerted effort with maybe a mild or even not so mild sense of con- uh, competition. So if you and your fellow hackathon participants are teamed up or individuals, you have a challenge or maybe several challenges, possibilities to uh, tackle, you focus your ideation and you come up with something and then in the space of a typical hackathon, there may or may not be time to really, really implement something. Maybe the old duct tape and uh, and chicken wire, bail, bailing wire, however you want to visualize that. If you are building something with hardware, there will almost certainly be some wires <laughs> and some some things not quite working. But the, the idea is to take that hackathon methodology and apply it over a reasonably short period of time to focus your attention and your collaboration and your ideation and so on. So our monthly hackathon meetup was more like that. In that, we have existing projects. We could always add more projects. So come on down, be in a setting where you can collaborate in person. We got dry erase markers. We got whiteboards, dry erase boards at the Innovation Center. We got the Wi-Fi. We got plenty of desks and workspace. So come on down and sit together or stand if you like and uh, collaborate. So that was initially popular. However, it started becoming clear that people attending our monthly hackathon meetup were not actually contributing anything to our projects. They would attend and believe that that was participation, and that's not true. (laughs) You You can watch a movie. That doesn't mean you are part of the production, right? So merely, merely showing up to our monthly hackathon meetup was not was not creating any outcomes, uh, but it was consuming time and resources. So it became clear that we needed to kind of readjust things. So we we uh, canceled our monthly recurring hackathon meetup, gave back the space. We were uh, we were lucky enough from uh, our usual our biggest fan Don Jacobson with the city of Las Vegas. We received a monthly booking of, at the Innovation Center downtown. Thanks to Don. And so we had the whole space two days a month for free. It was pretty cool. Uh, eventually it was me sitting there waiting. <laughs> if you remember the new Cylon movie, when the envoy would meet at the space station and wait for the Cylons to show up and nobody would until the one time. Anyway, the the plan for the hackathon needed to change. And so I'll get to that in a second. So we now have weekly office hours that started in, I believe it was the second week of November, 2023. Uh, they've been 
as we kind of get the word out, we've had a couple of people show up here and there, mostly regarding some some discussions about the Code for America uh, change for brigades around the country, which took place, uh, well, it was taking place through 2023. So we were having some discussions about uh, organizational structures and autonomous cohorts versus a centrally planned hierarchical organization, uh, specifically the Alliance for Civic Volunteers, or Alliance for Civic Volunteerism, Civic Volunteer, I think it's, no, 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 not volunteers, Alliance for Civic Technologists, so uh, the ACT, Alliance for Civic Technologists, I believe, um, I have, I have their website. I'll put a link in the show notes if you're curious, but this, uh, so we had, we had a couple people to talk about that. Uh, we had our board meeting in January, uh, 25th, 25th. Yeah. January 25, we had our January board meeting. We figured, Hey, we can, we can just do these and anybody wants to join in and find out what we're working on, where we are, what we're up to, where we're headed. Come on down. We, we're not really doing anything too secret. If there are secret or private or confidential items, we can adjourn the meeting for a, for a private session. But in general, what we're talking about is totally open to the public. So we'll almost certainly have our board meetings at or during, coincident with our office hours. And in the meantime, uh, anyone who was curious or who is curious or may be curious about what we're working on, how they could be a part of it, etc., etc. We do that every week. So we post our uh, our schedule on. I know this is going to be a crazy idea on a calendar, which is embedded in our homepage. Now it is a Google Calendar. I cannot say that I'm a huge fan. Now that I've kind of tried to put some Google Calendar elements to use, uh, embedding a Google Calendar is not ideal sometimes. <sighs> If you want to add an event or anyway, it's, it's Google really wants you to log into a Google account, a Gmail account, basically, whether it's yours or somebody else's. So it's not perfect, but it's, it's a functional solution right now. Ideally real calendars will be in our near term future, but either way you can visit right now, as I'm speaking today on February 2nd, we have the meetings at 5 PM Pacific time on Thursdays each week. If the event is canceled, it is updated to say canceled. Why? Because Google Calendar, when you cancel something, removes it from the calendar. I would really love it if they would leave it on the calendar and mark it as canceled. That is part of the uh, part of the iCalendar uh, standard. The or I'm sorry, V event standard for V Calendar. You can mark the status as canceled. If you remove it from the calendar, then you don't know that it was canceled. You just, it's just not there. So for the moment though, we have an embedded Google calendar on our homepage and it does have, it's the gatherings calendar. So our virtual gatherings on there, if there were other gatherings, not hackathons per se, gatherings, these are gatherings more of a community outreach and discussion and board meeting and sort of business meetings, I suppose. Not that they cannot be uh, what could you call like project oriented? We can certainly discuss details of projects, but they're not intended to be intended to be project meetings per se. So the, those would not be gatherings. Those would be actual, mm, well, why don't we jump into my next item? The, um, by the way, the office hours are open to anyone. So even though we are innovate for Vegas, you do not need to be in Vegas to innovate for Vegas. We got 40 million visitors. You can talk to them. So 
why no more monthly hackathon meetups? Well, like I said, these were not well attended. However, we don't need to coordinate. So let me, let me back up slightly. The idea with a monthly hackathon meetup was to have a day or two days where people could synchronize in person. Unfortunately, the uninitiated would believe that that was the only day or weekend. And so I began to stress to people that if you are not available on that weekend, you do not have to skip everything. You do not have to give up completely and throw your, you know, oh, I work on weekends. Okay, great. The idea was to provide that opportunity for a gathering, a meetup, a hackathon, like a, a time on a calendar called hackathon. But we really were encouraging people to work together to collaborate with other people on whatever projects, whatever components of projects they wanted to, when they wanted to. Meet at a library, meet at your school, meet at your workplace, meet in the, a coffee shop, meet in a restaurant, meet outside, where, wherever you want, whenever you want. Do it online. Have a Zoom call, have a Google Meet call, have a Jitsi call, have a Git Live session, have a uh, any sort of collaboration, a scheme, method, arrangement that anyone wanted to do at any time was absolutely on the table. So the, the fact that we had a monthly hackathon meetup was, I believe, profoundly confusing for people who may have wanted to participate. But ultimately, I believe we were not drawing those people. So I don't even know if we were. Uh, if we were reaching the people who wanted to participate but just didn't have that time. But in general, the idea was to have a, like a synchronization every month. Yeah. Our community panel was part of that. So, hey, I don't know what this is. Well, come on down. Check it out. We'll answer any questions. I have a project idea. Come on down. Let's draw it on the whiteboard. Here, Here's 25 dry erase markers. Let's do it. So all of those things were on the table. They still are, but setting aside monthly hackathon meetup time was counterproductive. So we can still have hackathons. We can still arrange for specific gatherings, but really, ideally, uh, people who do want to collaborate on projects on small teams, I think teams of three to six people make the most sense, but that totally depends. Uh, pick times and places and schemes and methods and tools that make sense. Don't be limited by, we're not a company. <laughs> we're not a software company. We are a nonprofit corporation. We are not a software company. We're not a, a, an advertising company. We're not a graphic arts company. We are a civic volunteer organization, a nonprofit corporation. We are not bound by shareholder angst to ship products on particular days and so on. So this is a personal drive opportunity, uh, the motivation should come from within and then through collaboration with others at the times and places of your choosings so that it works for you and ultimately for the communities, the people in those communities for whom you are contributing your time and energies when we deploy or otherwise put in service our projects eventually. So there you go. So there shouldn't be any real pressure other than just like a normal hackathon if you're up all night, we got to get this done because we want to. Maybe you're after a prize. Maybe, you know, the the um, the pride in knowing that you were first or best or whatever. Maybe there's a, an Amazon gift card or a, a trip to NASA or something, a trip to Mars. But whatever your reasonings are, they 
they start from within, and that's something we'll have to figure out how to make work here in the Greater Vegas area and beyond for the projects we're working on. Uh, they're not quite the same as a weekend hackathon challenge, although that is something we are also accounting for. So that, that's something I will talk about again in the near term, the challengers project. But anyway, uh, we could help others with hackathons. When I was with Intel, I was at a great many, 47-ish. I say 47 because I'm not completely 100% sure the exact number. It's something like that. Uh, it could be off by plus or minus two or three-ish. Yeah. But I was at hackathons a lot, and I would usually stay awake for 48, 50 hours and help as many people as I could with anything they were working on, not just Intel products. So it was really educational, really valuable, and when we figure out the best way to do it, we can bring that value, that value proposition to anyone who wants to participate locally or remotely on the projects we have today or project suggestions that come in tomorrow. Guess where that could start? Weekly office hours. So what about labs? It's right there in the title. Um, I did a little um there because I had to scroll my, <laughs> had to scroll my notes. So what about labs? Uh, labs was a notion that I started talking about when we were presenting at the rally at Tech Alley, or we used to call it the finale at Tech Alley, which that was a, that idea was broken from the start. Uh, but I was trying to explain to people why work on these projects. What's in it for me is so often the, uh, the, the buzzkill phrase here in the, the Vegas area. I've heard it many times and it usually doesn't go much past that. I always tell people this. I am interested in working with people who are willing to work for free, but I don't want you to work for free. Does that make sense? So the labs project, the labs idea, not, it's not an individual project, was this. We work on open source projects. Now, n nothing I'm about to say here is new. So these are all time tested. They are in use by various organizations and well-known projects out in the world. If you use anything with Linux, and by the way, you do. Uh, the Linux kernel project and various other Linux-related, directly adjacent projects. Uh, Linux Foundation, uh, Free Software Foundation, the GNU project, the various others. Uh, there, there are many projects, foundations, uh, nonprofit organizations, public charities. There are commercial entities. You know, Android is based heavily on Linux, although they're distant cousins at this point. But the fact is, the notion of taking open source software and building a monetizable product or service around it, been done. So the idea with labs, you contribute to open source projects. So everything we are working on as civic volunteers could benefit other places. So what we're working on open source, we benefit from using open source tools and software and libraries and components images published under creative commons documentation public under creative commons etc etc so we have access to these things we give back to those things looks great on your resume whether you're a coder uh, an artist language translation qa anything you're doing which is one of the reasons we uh, require unless you opt out we require proper attribution for all contributors so if you do work on one of our projects and you know, when we deploy it or, or if somebody else wants to use the open source components, they can see not only who the coders were, because that's usually the, 
Mm. It's what people do is the, uh, if you checked in code in GitHub, then you are a contributor. But wait a minute. What if you were doing some marketing or what if you were actually engaging with users on the co-creation side? Or what if you didn't use GitHub or, or file pull requests or issues, but you still did critical things related to, you know, what, there's just a host of ways to contribute to projects that don't translate directly into issue, discussion, pull request, etc. So there's a whole standard way of de- describing contributors. It's like the contributors.md file, if you will. And there's fof and dope, friend of a friend and description of a project, D-O-A-P. And there are yet other ways to, so anybody who contributes to a project, you are credited. So the labs, the whole idea there was, let's take the projects as they become usable, deploy them so that people in and around the greater Vegas area, maybe beyond, could use what you're working on, could try it out, could give it a, give it a test drive. Maybe it actually becomes really usable, maybe with a couple of iterations and some feedback from our our brave early adopting users, we have a workable thing. Now, when I say we, the open source project contributors, that's those are the people that power projects like this. We deploy it not as a public charity, but via a for-profit entity. So like Google, Android, we can have a deployable platform powered by, enabled by, made possible thanks to open source software developed by creative work contributors, civic volunteers. So a commercial for-profit entity can use advertising or subscriptions or, you know, can accept money in usual ways, could technically have employees very easily and pay people. We could uh, do another approach, which I will detail slightly, but generally we can monetize a commercial deployment of open source software, which is totally normal. And actually, because I don't want people to work for free, actually try to compensate people who have actually contributed. So what this really means is that you can say you want to contribute to want to contribute to a project. I just interrupted myself there. That's not an edit. You can say you want to contribute and then don't contribute happens all the time too often, or you can actually contribute to a project. The fruits of your, the fruits of your labors, studio right by a street, the fruits of your labor should be rewarded in some way. Now, there is an existing model. It was made popular by the No Agenda podcast people, the hosts, the owners of the show, John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry. Adam Curry, the podfather, often credited properly with the, the term podcast. He... I believe he was on stage with Steve Jobs when they showed that you could download an audio program, not just music, but something like a a radio show. The the line between radio show, radio drama, uh, audio book, maybe blurry a little bit. Anyway, Adam Curry on stage with Steve Jobs at some point showing how this works. So the No Agenda podcast has been running forever, not just for podcasts, but they're their value proposition was, hey, we're going to construct this show. There's no advertisers. They get to say whatever they want. There is no agenda, hence the name. And they accept donations from people. And they took a, um, 
what do they call it? Like, uh, oh, they call them producers. Yeah, of course. So if you want to be a producer on a show, which is how media production works, the producer is basically the, the person or people who make a production possible, usually with money. They either raise the funds or contribute the funds themselves. So you could be a producer on the show. They give you a producer credit and you, and then based on the amount of uh, the number of shows produced or the amount of production money sent in, you attain different levels of uh, stature, some sort of ranking. And I think there was like knights instead. They have different tiers, but the take home is the value for value model says, we're just going to put this value out there. We're going to talk about the, pardon me. We're going to talk about things. We're going to comment on things. They would produce a show twice a week. And I say, I haven't listened in a while. Uh, I got into a discussion of sorts with Adam Curry about, um, uh, what's his name? Dr. The virology professor. Uh, his name escapes me. Anyway, I, I kind of got annoyed by Adam Curry. So <laughs> such is life, but the value for value model, totally valid, put the stuff out there, enable people with an easy path for them to say, I accept that value and I want to give some value back to you in return. So the value for value model is one way to make sure that people who want, who are, I'm sorry, who are willing to work for free by contributing their time and creative energies and talents and skills, whether directly contributing to a project or maybe indirectly by mentoring or maybe even advocating for what we're trying to accomplish, being, being in our corner. So if that value that you are contributing can be recognized and rewarded in some way, then we don't want you to work for free. We're not, uh, we're not demanding that you, uh, that you give away, that you sign away rights or anything like, you know, proper licensing and, and attribution and a value for value model that ideally enables your time and energies and expertise to be rewarded, whether it's somebody throwing a tip in a tip jar or equivalent, or maybe, Hey, can I hire the whole team that worked on this to work on a, whatever, to maintain a custom version, to develop something new, but you know, it could be anything. So the value for value model, as it would apply to open source projects, uh, developed and maintained by uh, civic volunteers and it doesn't have to be code although it you know code is a component but you know if you if you redo all of the signage in Las Vegas so that it works for the 40 million people who visit here who uh, have all manner of language and accessibility concerns if you if you and a team of people tackle that you don't have to be coders but you you can make substantial change that's highly visible. And I use that term generally because some of the people who would benefit may not be able to see what you created or, or made better. But these are, these are the sorts of value contributions that civic volunteers can make. And in return, the people, the individuals, the groups, the communities who benefit, who can see the benefit again, using that term generally, if, if the value that you have contributed can be observed, can be felt, smelt, uh, tasted, whatever could be anything. And if there's a path for that, uh, for the return of that value, which is what we want to do, then you don't have to work for free, but you do have to do some work. So I often tell people, uh, when they say, is there free food? I say the free food will come for you, but you should not come for the free food because if nobody comes, there's no free food. 
So we need to we need to do work first, and then the the value will come. The value will follow, I suppose. Do what you love, something like that. So that is the lab's notion. The smart social and my muni projects combined are our first goal for a value for value or well a labs deployment. So kind of a modern take on information sharing, how a smart city might communicate with itself and by extension the world. So and then that's a platform deployed by a for-profit entity could have advertising could have um, you know, advertising revenue could flow to the contributors as uh, sponsorship or donations or, you know, any number of possibilities. In order to have possibilities, there must be something on which to base those possibilities. And that's where we are. So join in. Our weekly office hours may move around. I will say that right now they are subject to change, but because we will publish them on our website, on our calendar, you can always check the calendar. By the way, you should be able to subscribe to that calendar. I have not totally uh, made the link public because most people don't do calendar subscriptions anymore. Kind of a lost art. But if you were really curious, you could subscribe to that calendar. That way you don't have to be invited to the calendar. You just subscribe to a public calendar. Now the calendar events are on your calendar. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's too bad because calendaring is actually pretty useful. But join in. Uh, We have our gatherings calendar on the homepage, like I said. It will stay there either directly as it is now or indirectly as in finding it will be easy from the homepage. Uh, Our website really needs some attention. (laughs) Our website as it is as I'm speaking right now, which uh, hopefully will change by the time you're listening to this someday soon, uh, was created to be a location where anyone from the state or IRS or anyone could do a one-stop, okay, yes, it is an actual thing. Here are the people involved. Here's what they're doing. Got it. That is not attractive. It is totally functional. So we'll get to that. But the calendar will always be visible or available from there. Visible, again, you probably don't even have to see it, although I do need to check accessibility of our site moving forward. You should not have to see our website to get information from it. Uh, If you are interested in what we are doing, you can join in more. So you can join in at the office hours. That's pretty straightforward. You can join in more by participating in a project, by uh, we can have other meetings. We are not limited in any way by the other than just time. Uh, we can have other meetings if there's a particular thing to talk about. If you have a project idea you want to add to the mix, if you have something that could be a project, you've observed something, you think there's a, a thing that could use some attention and could benefit people. Community elevation starts with the people who say, hey, this is broken. If you can't fix it yourself, but you want to be a part of fixing it, come on down. Uh, We are looking to grow our board of directors. If you'd like to be involved in our nonprofit 501c3 public charity, come on down. See, see, uh, let's have a conversation. And, And this, by the way, is not, I mean, it could be anytime. If we add 10 board members tomorrow and you're still interested, maybe it's 11. So, uh, and of course, you can contribute to our existing projects in any number of ways, whether it's uh, your time and energies, your talent as a coder, as a creator, as an artist, as a language, a linguist, (laughs) translating, if you want to do some marketing, if you want to do some testing, if you want to do some documentation, if you want to talk to the people who we are trying to work with, as in, we think this would fix a problem, maybe talking to the people who would be using what we're building and have them say, mm, I think you missed a couple things. 
So the co-creation, co-creation, user engagement. Co-creation really means involving the people who use your product or service. Uh, the example I always give 100% of the time, and I believe you will get it when I say it, if you've ever cooked food for someone, prepared a meal, maybe they come over to your home or you go to theirs or wherever, you put, put something in front of them where they, where they get a serving for themselves, they take a taste, and the first question you ask is called co-creation. <laughs> how is it? So if you can ask how is it during the project, and that's where people might come into your kitchen and, uh, oh, here, taste this. Co-creation means listening to your users listening to your customers, your clients, and enabling them to be a part of your improvement process. So, you know, people that are interested in that, we that's a, an essential component. Civic volunteers in a vacuum, we can just play uh, tic-tac-toe all day. Finally, if you have questions, still, after all this, I hope you do. That's what our weekly office hours are for. So as I'm speaking right now, like I said, this could change. We could add, we could remove, we could move around, we can, who knows. Uh, but today, our office hours are every Thursday at 5 p.m. We use Jitsi, which is an open source uh, video conferencing platform. Uh, fun fact, Jitsi is sponsored by 8x8. Uh, the early days uh, CEO of the company, when they moved their company to Sunnyvale, California, was one of the people I was fortunate enough to interview for Radio Sunnyvale back in the, the old days, my Silicon Valley tour. So the company was cool. I believe that CEO has moved on. I, I think he did, you know, retired or something. So 8x8, I don't think they're in Sunnyvale at all, but they do sponsor Jitsi. So I always felt the company was pretty cool just from what I saw and talked about back then. It's a free platform. One of the reasons we're using Jitsi is so that other volunteer organizations who feel they must have Google Meet or they must pay for Zoom. Not true. So you can use Jitsi for free. It's a, it's a fine platform. It works on most platforms uh, now. I mean, most browsers and so on. Now and then there will be a weird network bandwidth issue. I, I encountered that recently. But again, totally free and quite functional one of many choices. We also have Google Meet if we need, but we've been using Jitsi for a while so far. Very functional. So there's a Jitsi link in the calendar. You can check that out. You can join in questions, problems, complaints, as my seventh, seventh grade science teacher used to say. And that's it. So come on down to our office hours. Find out what we're working on. If you are interested in that's where that's an easy place to start. Uh, hackathons, maybe now and then, or who knows if if everything, if all the light switches come back on, maybe we'll reinstitute a weekly hack. I'm sorry, month monthly hackathon meetup. Eh, that could be a while, but we are absolutely well within the realm of possibility when it comes to smaller gatherings like project teams, getting together at recurring intervals. We can pursue our Agile for Volunteers schedule specifically aimed at people who don't have a lot of time and commitment to give projects over months and years, but over two-week iterations, something to think about, all written on our GitHub website in our, uh, what is it? It's not a readme, but it's a, it's a document about how to, uh, how to be a part of Code for and Create for and other projects under the 
Innovate for Vegas Foundation umbrella. More on the four project next time. Thank you for listening. As always, if you'd like to contribute or support us in any way, start by visiting our homepage, innovateforvegas.org. You can find our donation button. You can find out more information about our 501c3 nonprofit public charity. We are not giving you tax advice, but as a 501c3, many times donations are tax deductible. That is where I will leave it. Thank you so much. As always, cheers.